And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. First, let's make sure that we are on the same page, okay? Numbers are numbers. They are not racist. Neither is the alphabet or snow that falls from the sky. But numbers can be used to twist the truth. How? By people who are liars, lying about numbers. Remember Mark Twain's, there are three kinds of lies. Lies, darn lies, that's a paraphrase, and statistics. So let's not falsely use numbers. Instead, let's review the actual numbers that are in the Bible, and perhaps by themselves they can give us some very unique insight. Next, there are so many signs that Jesus did. What the gospel do does is amazing in that they share so many stories from four different authors with such outstanding consistency. The idea that four people can see a three-hour movie and come up with the exact same conclusions and all the exact same materials in their reviews is minuscule. But the idea that four people can share the events of the Messiah over three and a half years and have any continuity is miraculous. But what was written was written for humanity, and what was recorded can help people find true life in Jesus. And finally, loving God first is still first. By this, I mean that the idea of loving God is evident in the first three of the Ten Commandments and in the two summation commandments from Jesus. Denial, denial, denial. Love me, love me, love me. But there is one secret sauce inside this terrific story that we're going to examine. And when we see it, we're gonna rejoice. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey. Give me a really good one right there. Right, right, right. Matzo ball soup and braai. Matzo braai. Oy vey! <laughs> oh, we're asking you, what do you think? Hey, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. Always good to do that. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Now, you are in for a world of surprise. Because when you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to 
Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite! Let me just explain to you, and you'll love this so much. Talking to Dynamite D is like talking to somebody who will laugh at your jokes, even if they aren't funny. Somewhat true. (laughs) (laughs) See? See? That's what it's like talking to him. It's like, he's laughing at my jokes anyway. Well, that's hilarious. Uh, Bottom line, maybe you've got an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question. Fantastic. Bring it on. Maybe you've got a praise report. Bring it. Maybe you've got a prayer request. Bring it. Let's do the faith stuff together because it's what we do. We do this because we know that the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is getting closer and closer. In the meantime, we need to be strengthening one another, blessing one another, encouraging one another, guiding one another, helping one another, carrying one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, by the way, you can answer trivia on this show. Here you go. According to Genesis, what did God call the expanse that separated the waters? What did what did God call the expanse that separated the waters? Yes, it's as easy as you think it might be. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, you can text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at org. So because I'm looking for a simplified answer, I will tell you that you could pick up the answer from an old Beatles song called Lucy in the with Diamonds, if you can figure that out. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> Lucy in the with Diamonds. All right. That's the first thing that came to my mind, so don't get mad at me. Uh, again, if you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email. David at he must org. Somebody is calling in. Bravery does exist in this country. They are ready. We are ready. We are all ready. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Well, hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Good. Get ready for the weekend. I did have my doctor's appointment today, and it it didn't go as bad as I thought it was going to go, but he did say, hey, Dave, sugar and you, a little less of a dance would be a good idea. So uh, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> it's, it's so hard. It's like, really? They call me from the from the, from the shelves. Dave, Dave. <laughs> it's so hard. Anyway, all right, let's go back to the trivia question. Uh, according to Genesis, what did God call the expanse that separated the waters? Uh, the sky. That is correct, Amanda! Now, now, that's why I gave that hint, Lucy in the with diamonds. <laughs> I thought if somebody doesn't get that, I can't help. You know, that's that's an excellent job, Deborah. Got anything going on this David, weekend, or are you just chilling? Yeah, I wanted to ask you if you could pray for me because I've got some a real bad problem, and I need um, 
healing for my kidneys. Okay, you got. Let's pray right this second. Let's pray. Okay? Thank Most you. important thing. Let's do it. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our sister to you. We love Deborah. She's such a blessing to us, and we just we ask you that you would pour upon her that she would know that she's that blessing to us. And we are asking you to strengthen her body, strengthen her frame. She's got some kidney issues, some problems, infections, whatever the case may be. We are asking by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would bring healing into her life and that you would allow that healing power to flow into her by your anointing and that she would be able to testify, the Lord has healed me. Please, Father, we petition you in the name of Jesus for healing for her body and for praise to come from her mouth because of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, David. You're welcome. God bless you. You keep us posted, okay? Don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know how it's going, all right? Okay. Thank you very much. Good, Good day. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. God bless. All right, that's good. I, I we pray for people. You gotta pray for people, man. You gotta believe. Oh well, sometimes when I pray, it doesn't work. Well, do you witness? Do you then stop witnessing? No. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that's, 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 that's nothing else to say. All right, let's talk about it. it's just math. I'm not gonna use a verse. <laughs> you're gonna go wait. Well, you're not using a verse. No. I'm just gonna use the entire New Testament. How about that? The entire thing. What? Listen to these numbers. It's just math. Listen to these numbers. These are how many times these words are used in 99.98% of the translations. Is that that pretty close there? You need something more than that there? New Testament. Ready? First word. Poor. Right? You know how many times that's used in the New Testament? 40. Okay, got it. Not a problem. It's a lot of times, you bet. Sin. Oh, oh, how many times is sin used in the New Testament? 90. Oh, okay, that's a lot. Because, <laughs> you know, because, you know, that's a lot. I mean, that's more than the poor. Right. Amazing how that in the news and in the government, they never talk about sin, but it's, 200% times used more than the poor. Okay, just just thought this numbers. I didn't make it up. It's not my, I didn't write this book. Faith. Ready? 230 times. 230 times for faith. Oh, you think that's amazing? Wow. Well, watch this. Heaven. Watch this. 230 times. <laughs> you think that's a coincidence? No. Jesus, 985 times. 985 times Jesus is used, 230 times heaven, 230 times faith, 90 times sin, 40 times the poor. Does that mean you just should discourage the poor? What are you, dumb? No. That's ridiculous. But what is the main message from those five things? The main message in the New Testament is heaven which is God's home, faith, which is on the same par, accessed all by Jesus, which is more than all of them put together. (laughs) That's what I mean by it's just math. 
It's like, oh, wait a minute. No, you see, you got to understand how this is going on. What happens is people try to major in the minors. Remember what Jesus said? You, you strain, you swallow a camel and strain at a gnat. That's what he said to the Pharisees. Did you know what that means? So he swallows a camel and strains at a gnat. You shouldn't be able to easily swallow a gnat and strain at a camel. But they they switch things. They flip things around. They do things backwards. They take the devil takes binoculars and flips them so that what should be looking far away, you know, it kind of changes where the, the your connection to it. And so while all these things are important, what is more important than anything else in the New Testament? Jesus. Jesus is the most important person or word in the New Testament. And then you have faith in heaven. And they're the same, which should tell you, uh uh-oh, the way to get to heaven is by faith in who? Jesus! That's the whole point! Can't get away from this stuff, can you? It's so obvious. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Hey there. It's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. What is the David Spoon experience? By the way, I found out uh, just the other day, I know you don't know this, but I found out that I am one of the most hated uh, people in the United States of America and in the world. Did you know that? Uh, Because you're a middle-aged white guy? Ha! Let me help you out here, son. Let me help you out. Not only am I a middle-aged white guy, by the way, thanks for the middle-age line. (laughs) Thanks, pal. I appreciate that. I'm not that far behind. Uh, okay, well, that's not the point. The point is I'm also – ready? Ready? I'm also Jewish, okay? So I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm Christian, so I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm conservative. I have a lot of people that don't like me right there. I'm an American. got a lot of people that don't like me right there. I mean, you see where we're going with this? And and I have a talk show. <laughs> So that's just – you put all those together. On my you got points, me left. Yeah, I love I, you, buddy. I mean, come on. You know, just because they love me doesn't mean uh, they're right. Just because they hate me doesn't mean they're wrong. What is the David Spoon experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, 
No pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770. The Truth Station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question now. I'm going to make this a little easy, but not too easy to start with. Which Old Testament name, and this is going to be one of the major prophets, one of the major prophets, which Old Testament name means God is my judge? Which Old Testament name means God is my judge? Uh, that's the question that we're asking. The answer is one of the major prophets. If you don't know, we go a little further. I'll give you one more hint. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. You can call 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. Now, I'm going to have to prepare you for this. And I got to prepare Dynamite D for this because I didn't talk to him about this ahead of time. We actually hardly ever talk about anything before the show, do we? I mean, we don't really discuss anything. It's really just like, hey, let's have a good show. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what we say. Uh, this joke you have to think about. Okay, this isn't one of those great one-liners like, you know, where is Solomon's temple on the side of his head? Okay, that's not this one of these kind of jokes, okay? This is a more thought joke, okay? You get that? So I want to make sure you understand that I've said that. So you understand you're going to have to get all the – I have to go through the first two paragraphs to get to the key at the last line. So you have to pay attention. Now, if you're driving, you should be paying attention to driving first, or anything else, you should be just, you know, slow the roll, okay? Are you ready? Ready for the joke? All right. One joke. You won't get it to the very end. Okay. 12-year-old Norton was bitterly disappointed at not being cast as Joseph in the church school nativity pageant. He was given the minor role of the innkeeper. Instead, throughout the weeks of rehearsal, he brooded on how he could avenge himself on his little brother, Wayne, who had been given the part of Joseph. On the day of the performance, Wayne, as Joseph, and his sister Kelly, as Mary, made their entrance and knocked on the door of the inn. Norton, playing the innkeeper, opened it a fraction and eyed them with suspicion. Joseph, which would be, you know, Wayne, implored, can you give us board and lodging for the night? And then he stood back awaiting the expected rejection. But Norton plotted all those weeks and he flung the door open wide and smiled and he said, come on in, come on in. You shall have the best room in the hotel. You'll have the entire best view of everybody. 
So there was a long pause in the theater. Then with great presence of mind, Wayne, who was playing Joseph, turned and said to Kelly, who was playing Mary, hold on, I'm going to take a look inside first. He peered past the innkeeper, who was Norton, shook his head firmly and said, I'm not taking my wife into a filthy place like this. Come on, Mary, I'd rather sleep in the stable. Help me, Jesus! Help me, Jewish God! Ah! Help me, Tom Cruise! That was pretty funny. <laughs> Come on, Mary. I'd rather sleep in this stable than this grubby room. <laughs> you think that's funny? I thought it was funny. All right. It was a bit of a long one, but you All warned right. us, though. <laughs> <laughs> you bunch of whiners. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Back to the trivia. You see how nice I am? Back to the trivia question. Which Old Testament name means God is my judge? Which Old Testament name means God is my judge. The only hint that I can give you that you might get is that Elton John wrote a song about this person and called him my brother. Blank, blank, my brother. Okay, there you go. I got to use what I can use, folks. It's whatever comes to my mind at the time. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then david at hemustincrease.org. That would be the email. I want to just make sure everybody understands this, and we'll go through this real quickly. John chapter 20, verse 30, 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. There is no difference between this text and what we were just talking about, ironically. Here, John, who has the capability of writing, obviously he wrote the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation, wrote 20% of the New Testament. He goes, look, he goes, there are many other signs that happened. Did you know that Jesus did more than what's in the book? You're thinking, well, now the, the book covers everything. No, the book covers everything God thought it was necessary for you to know. Not everything. There's a difference between those two statements. And so he says straight out, it's not in this writing. Everything he did is not in this writing. But he said, but all of this was written for what? What's the purpose of the Bible? So that we can have something to, so we can have Bible bullets to shoot at people? So we can be obnoxious? Some people, so they can be arrogant, so they can be diligent lawyers on a whole nother level of law? No. He, he writes, this was written so that you and I may believe. These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. You know, the purpose of the book, everybody's looking for this. This is, you know, and I do like Bible basic instructions before leaving earth. I like that. I mean, it's cool. But listen, the purpose of the book is so that we can believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah is the Savior that God sent. There's other people that claim to be Messiahs. There's other people that claim to be Saviors. This is God's Savior. See that difference? 
when we have a problem in the military, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to go too far to you. But we have a problem in the military. What do we do? We send in the SEAL special unit. Da, da, da. That's our that's our people, right? Or when the police have a problem, they send in SWAT, right? Okay. Well, when humanity had a problem, God sent in His Savior, Jesus Christ. And so that you and I may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, oh, David, it's got to be all the things that I do. It's by believing, no, Dave, it's got to be all the things that I do, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You will never do enough good stuff to earn it, ever. It has to be granted to you as a gift. God is in debt. Here's the reason why it can never be by works. God is in debt to no one, period. So it is a gift. And it's all so that we, by believing, not by working, by believing, we can have life in Jesus. Now, you're out there, some of you are out there, and you've been walking your Christianity, and you've been walking it in a very works-oriented. And it's not that you're trying to irritate God or anything. You're just thinking, well, I think my works will outweigh my... My, my, my good works are all the way, my bad works. Yeah. Well, then it's based on your works you think you're getting to heaven. Guess what? You're not. And even if you're a person who believes, well, you have to have those works to show the faith. I don't, I don't even have a problem with people thinking that, but it's not a numbers game. This is, your, your Christian existence, your eternity is not a checking book. It's not a checkbook. It's not a, a savings account. Plus, minus, plus, minus. Boy, talk about making everything about money. Holy moly. Stop that. It's by believing in Jesus that we have life. That's, that's just so simple. It just doesn't seem right. Kind of like uh, like like uh, Naaman who was like, I've got to do more to get my healing. I've got to do more. It's like, no, you just have to believe. As Jesus said, sit down. I'm going to feed you. All right? There you go. All right. What, uh, let's see, what Old Testament names means God is my judge. The only hint I gave you was uh, one rock and roll star had a song called, you know, his friend's name, my brother. It's Daniel, my brother, you have. So the answer is Daniel. Daniel means God is my judge. So you only had Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Daniel to choose from. So you did have a one in four shot. And if you didn't get it right and you guessed, don't be playing the lottery. That's a joke. All right, here we go. Uh, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. I'm not going to do an over overriding teaching that will uh, make the Baptists or the Church of Christ proud, so neither one of your groups can be all excited about this because that's not the purpose of this. Uh, here's where we're picking it up. Uh, as uh, verse 34 ends, eunuch, the eunuch uh, asked Philip, what was Isaiah talking about himself or someone else? Verse 35 from Acts chapter uh, 9, uh, or, not, or chapter 8, said, Philip says, Philip began with 
the same scripture and then began to tell him about the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? So let's just stop right there. When Philip was explaining the gospel to the eunuch, he had to include the understandings or the teachings of baptism, or the eunuch never would have said, why can't I be baptized? He never would have said it, never would have come up, unless Philip had brought that information to light. In multiple translations, it then says, you can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is often known as believer's baptism. Some texts will show this in the footnote. I disagree that it should be reduced to the footnote. I think it's a part of the text. I would not fellowship with you over that. I just think it is a part of the text because he asks a very pointed question. And in this exchange, Philip is giving a very pointed answer. So he's like, well, 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 here, well, well look, there's some water. I, I want to be baptized. I want to respond to the gospel. I want to say yes. And Philip responds by saying, you can. You can get baptized. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you can be baptized. Now, why that's important is because this is the difference between many different groups about who can be baptized. Some people think, well, a child can be baptized. Yeah, but a child can't believe in Jesus, so then how can a child be baptized? That's the argument, okay? Those, again, those are not fellowship issues. Those are disagreements. You know, we spent... I spent 10 minutes talking about understanding who's got the Spirit of God and who doesn't have the Spirit of God. When you have a difference of application of Scripture, that that person's not an evil person. They're not some kind of demonic whatever. They see something different than you. Okay. They're genuinely in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ is what redeems us. They are uh, acknowledging their heavenly Father, praying our Father who art thou in heaven. They drink of the same Holy Spirit. They come to a different conclusion. Yeah. What else is new? Does everybody think McDonald's is the best fast food? Are you kidding? There's only a few people. (laughs) Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, here you go. Here's your trivia question. I'm going to help you as we begin this. Knowing that people in the New Testament times and Old Testament, but New Testament primarily, usually name their child after their father, knowing that, okay? But for the intervention of his mother, what would have been the name given to John the Baptist? Hmm? What would his name been? Except for the mom intervening. Whoa. I don't know. Was that some kind of weird laugh or something? What a little was scary that? thing, I guess. So is that a scary <laughs> laugh? Like, <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I do want to point out that Jenny uh, got uh, the uh, Pow Pow last time. And then uh, Joanne and Cordelia are on, uh, they're on two pow-pows right now. So people are just pushing through it. 
Uh, if you think you know the answer to this question, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. So knowing that people in the New Testament used to name their kids after their dad, but for the intervention of his mother, what would the name of John the Baptist had been uh, unless she had kind of stepped in there? What would have the name of Johnny B been? That's the question. Uh, like we said, reach out 972-445-0770-214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website as we often do. There's two quick things I do want to mention to you. One, don't forget that there's a praise form on there. Two, don't forget that you and I need to be praise people, right? You got to be a praise person. What do you mean? If it says give thanks in all things, what do you think that means? Well, it means whenever I feel like it. I just don't see that. And then number three, on the website's a place to give, and that would be something that I would give praise for. <laughs> That's a good one. So check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> that was it. Very quick. That, that to me is you on ice skates with a tray and all the sounds in your, in your, on the tray, and then you slipped. While eating a barbecue brisket sandwich. You know, you're not helping me <laughs> in my diet scenario. <laughs> I just want to point that out to you. You're starting to cause, you know, I caused problems for Eric for a while. Now it's your, see, what a man sows, that shall he also reap. Coming back <laughs> around right here. All right. Uh, and when you see this history, we're going to do that in just a split second. We're going to. One 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 more time on the on the question. Remembering that New Testament times, okay, the the fa the child would be named after the father. Remembering that, except for in the intervention of his mother, what would the name have been given for John the Baptist? What would his name has been if his, the mom didn't intercede? Okay, if you think you know, nine seven two four four five zero seven. Seven zero two one four two one zero eight four eight three. Al says uh, Charles the Catholic, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sounds interesting. <laughs> That's different. Let's do history, please. Let's go All right, uh, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to share something, and then uh, I'll go from there. Okay, so today is Umbrella Day. Okay, which, okay, isn't there a song like Umbrella, 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 some kind of song like that? I'm not sure. There's some kind of song like that. It's Bittersweet Chocolate Day, and what I figured out is chocolate is bittersweet now for me. It's sweet, but it's bitter because I got to have less. <laughs> uh, today is National Flannel Day. I won't comment other than to say I support that. And then here's where the problem is for David. It's National Cream Cheese Brownie Day. Stay away from it. Oh, my goodness. Now, my doctor was nice. He said, Dave, moderation. So I said, so instead of three, I can have one. <laughs> see, and that's it? See, that's that's how you got to do it. Uh, on this day in 1863, the fire extinguisher was invented by Allison Crane. Good idea. Yep. Uh, duct tape was invented on this day in 1943. 
Wow. And then 1996, the computer beat Gary Kasparov in the chess match. It was one of the first computers. When was that? 1996. Okay, gotcha. Long time ago for a lot of people, not for everybody. Uh, Okay, we do have somebody ready to answer the trivia question, so let's send them on through. Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? Fred. Hi, Fred. How are you? Good. Oh, it's great to hear your voice, man. How are things? Is life good? It's not bad. <laughs> well, I love the way you said that. Well, it's not bad. <laughs> That's a good response, brother. That was really good. All right. All right, here you go. If uh, not for the intervention of his mother, what name would have been given to John the Baptist? Zechariah. That is correct, Amundo. You are one hundred percent correct. If she didn't intervene, uh, he would he he'd have been known as Zechariah. That's what everybody would have called him. But uh, it's like, eh, now we're gonna go with Johnny B. That's what it's gonna be. So good job, there, buddy. Is there anything we can pray for you over? Oh, just for the current state of our country. That you know we can. I'll be more at peace. All right, let's do that. I'm with you on that. Let's pray it together, okay? Let's do it together. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for our brother, and we ask exactly what he's saying, that, Lord, our country, there's a lot of just freaking out taking place. Lord, people are just like running around with chickens with their heads cut off, Lord. And we need our, especially the people who follow you, who believe in you, who trust in you, to have a sense of peace, a sense of rest, a sense of confidence that nothing is taking place outside of you and that, Lord, you will help us. And, Lord, if it's going to get worse and the time is coming for you to call us, we're ready. Just blow the truck. We're ready to go. But, Lord, in the meantime, please bring peace to your people, peace that passes all understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen, bro. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. All right. God bless you. All right. So uh, where were we? Where am I? What are we doing? I was thinking we were about to do history, but we already did it. uh, We already did history. No, but I want to say two things, okay? All right. Number one, I want to say something. Just real quick for everybody. Just in case anybody's wondering, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I make fun of everybody, so don't ever think I'm trying to pick on one group over another. I think everybody is uh, just a sinner, and you're either a sinner saved or you're a sinner. <laughs> that's just that's my classification, cheap goat. <laughs> that's how it goes. So never think I'm trying to pick on a particular denomination. There's a lot of people in different denominations that absolutely adore them. Okay, they're just great, and I know, you know, unlike uh, I mean, I really do have a lot of I have fellowship and connection with people from. I think about about fifteen different backgrounds that I can that I can think of. It's probably more, but I, I wouldn't say that. That's so that's an important thing. And then the other thing I want to say is real quickly is about the fill. So you, sometimes you'll hear a fill like you hear that fill with Julianne that I talk about when she goes through the initial thing where she finds out about Easton, and you're thinking, well, Dave, that fill is old. Why don't you take it out? And I'll tell you exactly why I don't take it out and update it. You want to know why? Because that fill encourages people to have hope where it is, right where it is. I don't have to give you an updated story for you to hear something for you to have courage. It's just, if that was true, then the Bible would continually be being written and published now. That's not how that works. So you'll see, you'll hear stuff, and you'll say, oh, I've heard that like 15 times. Great. And if you don't need anything in it, that's fantastic. And if you do, 
then listen to it. Some people don't think they need it until they need it. <laughs> it's like, use it. That's that old preacher joke. I'm going to preach John 3, 16, five times to the congregation. The preacher asks him, well, what are you going to preach? Now? He goes, John 3, 16. He goes, well, when are you going to preach something different? He goes, as soon as your people get it right, I'll preach something different. It's like, ooh, good one, right? Okay. All right, let me do this teach, and then uh, that's right, people. I can talk about too many subjects. That's a little bit of the problem, isn't it? All right. Uh, John twenty-one fifteen. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, feed my lambs. Okay? We know that. We know that text. It happens three times, Right? Then you have John, the rest of it. When he finished breakfast, said to Simon, Simon, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. Second time, Simon Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I want you to understand this portion right here, Okay. A large part, not the only part, but a large part of our love for God is displayed in our services to others. But it's not the whole of it. There's the, the personal relationship aspect. And this is where Jesus said to Philip, still I've been with you such a long time, and still you don't know me. Now the great commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbors and love yourself. So in this text, as Peter is being restored by Jesus, what I want you to catch is the secret sauce. And that is this. Do you love me? You know I love you. Do you love me? You know I love you. Do you love me? You know I love you. You know everything. So Peter says three times, you know. And then he says, you know everything. And why that's important is because when we love God, part of that love is demonstrated in us caring for one another and taking care of one another and being a blessing and an encouragement to one another and being, in that case, especially one another, the hands and the feet of Jesus. In fact, that is the new commandment. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, after the summation portion, by the way, and that is to love one another. But then in this exchange with Peter— which is kind of like the last exchange in the Gospels that we get. And it's amazing that, that, that John put it in and, and, and people kind of zip by it. Three times Jesus asks Peter if he loves him. Three times Peter says yes. Three times Jesus said, take care of my people. Three times Peter says, you know I love you. And one time he says, you know everything. God knows everything. He knows you're trying. I just want to say that to some of you out there. You're, just, you're doing the best you can, and sometimes you fall short. Hey, guess what? Me too. I do the best I can, and I fall short. It's, happened. it's true. But he knows I love him. He knows everything. He loves us. And he still wants us to be about it. He still wants us to be connected to him, connected to one another. He knows, and he loves us anyway. Isn't that cool? Like, whew, glad somebody loves me. 
I mean, I'm not saying I'm, if you knew everything about me, you wouldn't like me. I don't like me. <laughs> what are you talking about? You like me. I'm me. I don't like me. But he likes me. He loves me. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Smith Experience right here on KAAM 770, the True Station here in Texas, taking a short break. Then we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? What the issue is, is this guy hears the gospel from Philip, and in that presentation of the gospel is baptism. That is not not negotiable in the sense that there's no way you can remove that. And he responds by saying, I want to be part of this family. I want to be connected to this. I hear the good news. I want the grace and the mercy. I want to do whatever it takes to show my response, not just to you, Philip, but to the entire world. I'm a Christian. And that's what baptism does. And while I think it's dangerous to say, if you're not, you can never get in, because I don't believe that's correct, I also think it's dangerous to say nobody needs to do it. That's incorrect, too. Your baptism is an open proclamation of an inward work. Don't you ever forget, the Lord requires that. If you've never been baptized, get baptized. Don't, don't, oh, we got to do it right this side. Arrange to get baptized. That's it. If you've never done it, you should do it. Because it's a declaration of your faith. That's the response to the gospel. You're saying by identifying going down and up in baptism, the end of you, the beginning of him in you. Okay. That just seems like a doesn't even seem like that's complex. I think everybody should just go, yeah, okay, got it. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We have a caller reaching out to us. We'll take them first before we do anything else. Let's send them on through. 
Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. Dr. David, this is Joanne. Good to talk to you. How are you? I'm fine. And I was praying for your doctor appointment to go well and that you would not be chastised too harshly. <laughs> <laughs> he's so, he's so, my doctor is so funny. And the nurse is so funny because she comes in and then she goes, uh, the doctor will be in in just a minute. And I go, and he'll be in to tell me, Dave, change your diet. And she goes, yep, yeah. that, yep that's right. And she walked <laughs> out. <laughs> Well, next time we bring you brownies, we'll make it with something like monk fruit. Yeah. Oh, sugar, sugar that doesn't have any impact. Uh, but anyway, oh, I did want to share a couple of things. Sure. I haven't called in a couple of weeks, so I won't, won't stay long. No problem. But um, first two things. Uh, early, earlier this week, you had a great question about the Ten Commandments, and we had just heard a great sermon at First Baptist on Sunday. It's the first of the series. It's called The Ten, and that's where the Ten Commandments, and I think that was the best first sermon on the Ten Commandments I have ever heard. I loved it, and we get notes in church, so I just scribbled away all the fill in the blank, but if anybody wants to Check that out online at firstdallas.org, and um, our pastor, Dr. Jeffress, does a tremendous job on any series, but I am excited about the 10. But anyway, the the, the praise report is a, a few weeks ago, Dr. David, you had shared a request for me on the air to pray about a tax situation, and it's looking really great. So what happened is in the fall... I did a, a federal income tax return for the first time. The audience may know I'm separated right now. So I'm a little bit on my own in regard to things. So this was my fledgling attempt at doing um, taxes with a software program that's real good and real um, real popular. But I did it wrong. <laughs> and so I, I got a, a letter from the IRS that I owed a large amount of money. So I've been praying and reaching out to CPA and tech, tech experts, and here's this another letter came in saying I owe even more, and I was frightened. You know, I've been a Christian for many years, but, you know, I told the Lord, I don't mean to be scared. I trust you, but please teach me something through this ordeal. And he did. He's he's helping me to learn to be courageous, like you said yesterday. We need to be brave, and I need to be brave and reach out to other people for help. I can't know it all by myself. I, you know, would rather clean bloody knees. And I was a school nurse for many years, and I love taking care of the physical. But I don't like math, and I don't like numbers. <laughs> but anyway, this is what the Lord did for me. So um, I, I uh, called the, this software company um, the other night, and I got the most incredible, wonderful woman who knew exactly what my problem was. For an hour, she gave me her time, and I told her she was such an answer to prayer. By the time I printed off that pro- that you know amended return, I found out the government owes me money. Wow. <laughs> God good. Wow. So you went from, I owe them money, uh uh-oh, I owe them a lot of money, to, uh uh-oh, somebody help me. God gives you a connection, and now it's like, not only do I not owe you guys money, you guys owe me money. Exactly. Wow. 
And they did say it's going to take four to five months because when it's an amended return, that's what happens. What that happens. But I'm I'm fine with that. That as long as you know, I pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. I love my country. I want to do my, you know, due diligence, and I'm I'm happy to. But I knew that I didn't owe that much money. So thanks for praying for me. Long story that. The Lord provided practical help, so praise His holy name. Amen. And we're praying for you all. We love the audience, and we're praying for our February special person, Cordelia and I. We each have a a, a name. Awesome. That is such a great—what a great testimony. What's amazing is that how it—and the circumstance of it, it looks one way, and you're like, okay, this is not going good, not looking good, and I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And then the Lord the whole time is going, just wait, just wait, just wait. It's going to change. It's going to change. I'm going to change it. I'm going to flip it around, and what was meant for harm turns out for good, kind of man telling you. What was meant for bad turns out for good, and it's like— Praise the Lord. That is fantastic. Grace of God helping you get through that. That's exactly what happened. It was like the Lord knew, but he wanted me to be patient and learn something from this. And most of all, just learn trust and rest in him. So that that's what happened. Amen. So thank you for letting me honor our beloved Lord Jesus. Y'all are doing such a great job. And have a wonderful weekend, Dr. Dave. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Take You're care. such a blessing. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, it's amazing. And I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be kind of careful so i'm doing my i'm doing well i do multiple studies so it's not point there's no point going down that road but i'm in this study on exodus and there's this thing that's in exodus and it's it's just this amazing statement that talks about somebody dying accidentally right and it says if somebody dies accidentally and then it's the very next verse in the hebrew goes which the lord allowed and see, and see that, see that right there. That's the kind of thing that happens, and you're just like, ah, uh, that's just a coincidence. And it's like, no. See, this is what I'm trying to tell you. No, no. There might be a happenstance from our end, but not from God's end. That's what we people miss. And the reason that there can't be, a, it's a coincidence. In the God side of things is because he's omniscient. He knows everything. If he didn't know that was going to happen, that would be one thing. But he does know that's going to happen. He does know what's going to take place. In fact, his his movement, the predestination of anything, is based on the foreknowledge of God. So what he knows beforehand. It's like to miss that is to kind of throw Hebrews 8 and 9 out, out the door, which you don't need to do that. You don't need to be a perfect theologian to understand. God is actively involved in your life. And it, let me just say this. If you accidentally shaved a hair on your head— I use this as an example. God knew you were going to shave the hair on your head, and it wasn't—it wasn't unknown to Him. And so here you have this situation, this circumstance, where where Joanne is in a situation that's beyond her, right? And that's not wrong to say. I mean, there's many times in passages we go, "That's ah, beyond me. That's ah, beyond me." It was beyond her, and she needed help, and God sent her help. Just the other day, we had Samson talking about they got stuck on the road. They prayed for help. God sent them help. And so you just think, that does that happen? It's like, you know what? Don't pray. Deal with it yourself. Let me know how it goes.
or pray and get help from God and be be you know freer in the situation, recognizing that if God cares enough to count the hairs on your head, he cares enough about every single thing, every nuance in your life. He's for you. He loves you. It's the hardest thing for me to hear after I look at myself and examine myself. It's like, I, I, I'm serious. You guys think I'm kidding. It's like, I don't love me many times. But God's opinion of me is more important than anything. You live for the author, not the audience. And you too are in the audience. You live for the author. You live for his glory. You exist for his glory. And he is committed to you. He will never fail you. You might even have a definition of failure. and Even that's probably a failure. <laughs> Just saying God will never abandon you. He is with you and I for the long haul. Ironically, he knew everything about us and he chose us all anyway. Thank you, Jesus. Right? All right, folks. You have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 70-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.